Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Real to Real, a deep, deep, deep delve into the Disney animated canon. I am Wyatt, and I am joined today by a very special guest. This is a co-host of the Shoot the Flick podcast, part of the amazing dream team of Eisenberg and Sparks, Miss Frankie. How you doing? I am good. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I love to find a fellow Disney nerd in the universe <laughs> to nerd out with. Me too. Me too. So uh, I guess uh, if you if you and any of our listeners have been our, our veterans of the podcast so far, you know that um, I like to start off with some with three basic Disney personal questions. That was grammatically incorrect, but <laughs> it's six. It's fine. 6 Listen, this is your show. You do what you want. <laughs> awesome. So um, my first question is, um, what got you into Disney? Oh, God. You know what? I was trying to think of an answer to this question. I don't remember like the first one I ever watched, to be honest with you. I just remember a childhood filled with both trips to Disney World and just a plethora of big clamshell VHS tapes oh, of yeah. Disney movies that I would just, you know, go in and out of the VCR on the regular. So if I could guess, I'd probably say Lion King because I was two when that came out. And that seems like something my mom would be like, look, <laughs> pretty, pretty Disney movie, fun <laughs> songs, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Also, just for the record, if you guys hear me coughing indiscriminately throughout the episode, I'm not dying. Uh, I'm just getting over a little bit of a cold. <laughs> it might sound like I'm dying, though, but it's fine. I promise. Yeah. Uh, probably people by now know that I have been dealing with allergies since like the dawn of time. So, uh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you so hard right now. Like even taking like saline spray and shit like that, like it... <laughs> It gets the job done, but not for long. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, and also, I guess, going off of that, um, what was the first Disney movie that you remember seeing as a child? I gotta say, like, Beauty and the Beast, probably. That's definitely, like, my ultimate favorite. So I would probably say Beauty and the Beast was the first one I remember watching. Tale is old as time. <laughs> I've, I've compared myself to Belle, probably thinking much too highly of myself for <laughs> many moons. So it, it all tracks. I literally cried at the live action one watching it in the theater. I saw it twice and I cried both times at different points in the movie. So I got I got problems. But <laughs> <laughs> I watched it twice, too. <laughs> I just I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I I don't know. Maybe because I'm older. I feel like I cry more at movies now. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like nostalgia or just, I don't know, just time ticking away, <laughs> making me sad. <laughs> but like, literally, just, yeah, I, I don't, I remember the end of that movie, like the end where em, uh, Emma Thompson singing Tale as Old as Time, I like got weepy. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> Yeah. what is my life yeah and when they let josh gad dance with that one dude for like three seconds 
oh, disgraceful. How could they do that? <laughs> How could they put that on screen? Just disgusting. No, no. I actually wanted that to take up like the entire two minutes that that scene was. I like like as soon as as re- soon as as soon as Dan Stevens turned into a human, it's like who cares? Let's oh move my god, on. yeah. <laughs> oh, remember remember when Middle America was so disgusted with that? Like, oh, how dare you have a man dancing with another man? <laughs> oh. in period costumes, oh, <laughs> <Ugh>. sir, sir. <laughs> okay, go to bed. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to cover that for this show one day, and I'm going. to... I'm like, oh my god, have me back. If you don't hate me in this episode, no. feel free to call me back for that. I'll I'll for sure come back for that. And awesome. cry again at another random point in the movie for no awesome. reason. I kinda look forward to that. <laughs> we'll just do a watch along together and you can like have a ticker for all the times that I cry. Just take a shot every time she she Like has an emotional breakdown. Yeah. Sure. A shot for every tear. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, so we are going to be discussing sequence 1A of Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Why do y'all ask? <laughs> because. Uh... I, I, to be fair, I also ask. <laughs> Not that I didn't do it, I did it with glee, but like, I was like, why this one? I'm curious. <laughs> well, I have yet to get to this movie in my animation era rankings. So I, this, I basically, this is the part where I really, really get into the feels. Um, so Snow White is my Lion King. It's my Beauty and the Beast. It's my Little Mermaid. This is the movie that I grew up with and the one that is the hardest to, it's not hard to be critical about it, but it's hard to take away the, I guess, the nostalgia of watching it as a kid. And now it's, it's kind of the movie that has really shaped how I view Disney, how I view film how i view history (laughs) how i view fashion like it's done so much i even have a fairly good understanding of like tabletop role-playing because of snow white um i would love to connect the dots on that one but continue because i'm loving this well really it's just that um nearly 10 years ago there was a podcast about trying to like transfer aspects of the Disney animated movies into like things you could use for like role-playing systems and stuff like that. They didn't think very highly of Snow White. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I wanted to bring this up. I feel like there's an elephant in the room between us. So if, if you know anything about uh, me, anyone's listening, I have a podcast called shoot the flick and mm-hmm. um, I do it with my husband. Uh, obviously that was part of your intro to me, which I appreciate, but um we've been doing a kind of a monthly every month we do a different disney movie and our first one was snow white and you know we we appreciate her we love her we 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 love what she did for the disney brand right we Mm -hmm. love her but we also made fun of her yes (laughs) and i i i knew that going into this and i was like now am i gonna get like cut for this like am i am i gonna get punished (laughs) 
<laughs> by Wyatt for for dunking on Snow White. We'll see. <laughs> you are far from the first person that has criticized it. So <laughs> I'm sure, but like to be fair, I I do really appreciate that you have such love for it and like defend it so steadfastly. I feel like everyone. That's why even on our show we we try we make fun because it's it's fun to make fun yes but we also try to be as fair as possible because everyone's you know bad movie is somebody else's like favorite movie you know what i mean Mm -hmm. absolutely so we try to be as fair as possible but i do i do love i love the passion (laughs) we all love we all love movies around here and we love disney so yeah i love the passion yeah (laughs) i think maybe it's that i have a really I, I think very sentimentally about it. And I don't even think it's just because of the childhood thing. It's also just like, like, uh, that's a good example. Like, uh, you know how, uh, this movie really has a, has a thing about people working in both domestic spaces and in like, you know, like cleaning up cottages and working in diamond oh, mines yeah. and shit like that. But yeah. uh, I kind of take that to be like this fairy tale fantasy version of like how relationships between men and women were in the 1930s when this movie came out and shit like that. And I'm not, I'm not like, here's the really interesting thing. Snow White is probably my favorite piece of conservative media. <laughs> like, I mean, fa- listen, you're you some would say you're on an island, but like yes. <laughs> you you stand on that island, dude, and you like you just like you wear the colors proud. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's commendable. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't I have never taken away any like conservative values from ever having watched it. I don't believe that it's like women belong in the home. I don't think that either. <laughs> It's like the same thing where, like, with any movies like that, that, you know, like, all the, like, people say that about Cinderella. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, you're good. People say that about Cinderella, too. Like, oh, I'm not having my kids watch Cinderella. Oh, she, the girl has to wait for a print. Let me tell you something. I watched Cinderella a lot growing up, too. I watched a lot of adaptations of the Cinderella story in movie form. I did not grow up thinking that, you know, I had to, women belonged cleaning the house and, I can only be valued by a man. I didn't grow up thinking that from a movie. Like it's that's not a thing that happens. No. And that sounds like it's something that older people project onto children, which is Yes. Which is strange. Of I don't get it, but <laughs> Well, because maybe there are some, you know, housewives out there that are feel a little bitter and they're like, Well, I don't want my daughter feeling like that. But it's like I don't think Cinderella made you feel like that. I think you know, maybe other societal things made you feel that way. Maybe the way your parents raised you made you feel that way. But yeah, you can't blame Snow White or Cinderella for, you know, like societal quote unquote norms. It's like it's it's like blaming the symptom for the overall problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. And also just going off of that, I will say just to acknowledge that I do see faults in this movie that like. I've noticed that there are at least three instances of racist stereotyping in the movie. One of them you guys already pointed out on your show. 
Yeah, we caught the one. There was a point where Dopey, like it's the scene where they're dancing, uh, Snow White's dancing with the dwarves, and then at some point someone hits a, like a drum cymbal on Dopey's head, and he makes like a typical like Chinese or Asian stereotypical face yeah. with the squinty eyes or whatever. That I caught, but I barely caught that actually. My husband Scott caught that in the movie, and I had to go back and check it again, and I saw it. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't I don't think I caught any other ones. Yeah. The the other one, it's pretty unknown, but I've done enough research to be like, Walt referred to this in this manner in a story session or something like that. And that is when uh the dwarfs were sneaking around the house and Sneezy blew them into the wall and they like piled up on top of each other. Mm-hmm. He did refer to that as an N-word pile. <laughs> I'm so I feel bad for laughing, but like holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I would honestly laugh a bit harder if I hadn't listened to um there's another podcast, a more renowned podcast, called uh You Must Remember This. And they did a six part series on the Disney movie Song of the South. Oh Christ. <laughs> and uh Jeez. after having listened to like four episodes, I'm like yeah, you know, Walt Disney, I, I revere his creativity, but he might have been a piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I listen, I mentioned that in our shows, too, when we talk about Disney stuff. It's like, listen, obviously, because we covered uh, Peter Pan as well, which has obviously a very, 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 very egregious and obvious <laughs> racist uh, aspect of that movie. And it's like, yeah, like you can acknowledge these things as existing and um although that (laughs) that that one that you just said yeah (laughs) i i did not know that and now i do and that's a piece of information that will live in my brain forever yeah um and then (laughs) (laughs) oh god there's another one shit okay well here's the thing here's the the sort of good news oh no (laughs) this one is just inherent to the snow white story in general Okay. It's just something that Disney continued to perpetuate, mm-hmm. which is the the whole thing about Snow White being the fairest in the land. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's just a general like European like bias against, yeah. you know, like people white of color. equals beautiful. Yeah. Right. But it's it's just rough because I found two African variants of that story. And they do have a an older woman who is envious of a younger woman. But, and to be fair, like, I did read these in, like, English translations, but they, they say, they say that these women are jealous of the younger women for being beautiful as Mm -hmm. opposed to being fair. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess it could be interpreted either way. So it's like, that, that one's, I guess, a little more open to interpretation, but the, the, the other one's not as open nope. to it. <laughs> no, ma'am. Jesus. Holy crap. That's crazy. Yeah. But then that one, I, 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 like, I kind of excuse <laughs> it because it's like, that's what the queen cares about, but that's not what right, like, yeah. Snow White's all about. So, you know. But I think, I think you know, I think if you, because I think I said on that particular episode where we talk about Snow White, it's like, you know. I, I I don't know if I would consider myself a 
Disney adult in the traditional term because I, I I do like a lot of Disney stuff and I look upon it fondly. However, I do acknowledge the fact that, yeah, Walt Disney was probably, most likely, I didn't know the man, <laughs> but probably a big old piece of shit. Um, and I'll, just even like the way, like, I even reference, I think that like, it's, it's really ironic that, you know, Disney was all about the kids and making animation and we're gonna entertain the children and then like all their child actors were pretty much just brushed aside the second their balls dropped like <laughs> you know or or their voice changed like you know or their boobs came in like just by my well the majority most likely but there were some outliers there were some outliers you're right in more probably more modern um terms it's i will say because of what I know about Disney, it, it's a very interesting relationship he has in terms of like social relations and stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure. Black people, they were rarely involved in the production of these films, like Song of the South. As far as I know, they just were looking for black actors. They never mm-hmm. thought about hiring black screenwriters to. <laughs> well, God forbid. Yeah. You have a movie about a, a slave. Perhaps if you had a black screenwriter in the room, or just anyone black in the writer's room, perhaps it wouldn't have come off like the <laughs> Uncle Remus character thought slavery was just a great old time and everything was wonderful. <laughs> like, yeah, I've never watched Song of the South all the way through. I've only seen like the uh, oh god, the song Zippity Doo Dah, like that sequence, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I I don't know much about that movie, but I I don't see. Well, I do see why they keep it hidden. But it's like why why if if you put um, what's it called? Like pre um like the before the movie, you put the text on Disney Plus, and you're like, oh, this may have inappropriate uh you know connotations towards certain groups of people yeah. wink wink black people wink wink native americans you know <laughs> asians whatever <clears throat> why can't you do that for song of the south i and what why do you have to take zippity doo-dah out of the lexicon because zippity doo-dah is not racist it's just a fun little song that happens to be in a racist movie <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get why you have to get rid of. I get why you got rid of Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain probably had to go. I mean, ago. the the <laughs> song does have it. some, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. We are getting we're a bit getting off like, track. We're getting <laughs> off the track. This is my fault. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I'm like, no, but no, no I'm, I love that we're having the conversation. Because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to like go through the song in my head, but I is there like negative connotations in that song well it's like th- i remember that i've heard that there is a song based in like minstrel show culture back in like the 19th century that used like a similar like um it, it wasn't in that it wasn't that exact song but it was like a like a zip a dudden duddy zip and dudden oh. day sort of thing okay. so it it comes from that culture of doing things which was awful <laughs> obviously yeah but like i mean listen yeah. i'm I'm not mad about it because th- that's what it irritates me when people get mad about like zippity doo dog getting taken out and like not or splash mountain getting re- a refurb first of all splash mountain needs a refurb even if it wasn't ha- even if it didn't have like 
potentially racist connotations. It needed a refurb. But also, it, I don't, it's not a big deal. It's going to be the same ride, just with a different decor. Like, who cares? I don't, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> you don't have to be so protective of it. Also, you, I, you know what? For years, I thought that Splash Mountain, again, we're getting so <laughs> off topic. I'm sorry. But this is the last thing. I could have sworn to God, you if you had told me Splash Mountain was like, from the birth of Disneyland or Disney World, I would have totally believed that. Like, you know, whenever Disneyland opened, I don't even remember. 1955. It, it opened in like, didn't Splash Mountain open like in the 90s? 1989. Yeah. Did we not know Song of the South was problematic in 1989? <laughs> like, we knew, like, and like, the film had been removed from like theatrical showings like three years right. prior. I heard, I found that out like recently, like relatively recently, like when all the chitter chatter about the refurb started. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this, it opened in 1989. So, and no one was talking about Song of the South. So, why did we think that the, the ride was a good idea? Like, why, why was that okay? I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's an odd choice. It's not like you don't have plenty of things to go from like you have many many much movies that you can make a water ride out hell that did little mermaid come out in 1989 november yeah <laughs> and that's a you would think that perhaps would have been a better theme for a water ride i mean i don't know i'm not a genius but like we had to go with song of the south okay <laughs> well i mean when they i think they started building that in like 1987 so like Little Mermaid obviously wasn't out yet, so I I bet that they didn't want to take a risk on a ride, on a movie that wouldn't have been successful. Probably at least especially since like before Little Mermaid, Disney movies were like yeah. doing. Eh. So I get it, but still, you could have done something else. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm one of those people. I I was waiting for that ride to get the refurb. <laughs> like, I was like, I yeah, could care less it. about this. Yeah, it's really, it's, you know, if they were, like, tearing down the whole ride, it's going to be the same ride, just with, like, good, like, it's going to have songs from Princess and the Frog, it's going to have a whole New Orleans thing, it's going to look great, so I don't know what everyone's upset about. Yeah. They just want to be upset. Yeah, that's the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, legit. Oh, my gosh. Um... This got like off the rails, and I'm so sorry. You are you are totally good. Uh, See, I, this is what happens when you have two Disney nerds just like shooting the shit. This is what happens. Indeed, just talk about like indeed random stuff. Uh, oh yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, yes, let's get back on. Yeah, well, no, I will. I was just going to say a little bit more about the racial thing. It's like obviously their relations with African Americans weren't great. But I've been reading a lot of stuff about how they have, like, multiple Asian-American employees working at the studio while Walt was around, even before the war. Um, and I think Walt tried to ensure that they got a job in the merchandising department that they had in New York around the time that the internment camps were being constructed. So, like, he was assisting one of his artists from being incarcerated. <laughs> like oh, that. So lovely. Yeah. So it's just a weird that's just something weird about history, you know? It's like selective racism. <laughs> so I guess with all of that out of the way. <laughs> Yay. Um yeah, I guess um 
we can get into sequence 1A. So it opens up with this grand overture um, that actually sets up two of the key songs that we'll hear throughout the movie, which are one song, which nobody remembers, and uh, Someday My Prince Will Come. And what's interesting about this is that overtures before films were commonplace in the 1930s, especially for like big premieres and roadshow releases, um, which were basically like reserved early showings prior to the national and international releases of a particular movie. So if you'll recall, um, MGM's The Wizard of Oz opens with several melodies like Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead and Over the Rainbow. And then, of course, bring another problematic film in. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Uh, it has a very epic piece of <laughs> overture music. Uh, but we're not going to talk about anything else because <laughs> it's Snow White right no, now. No, no more talk of racist movies. It's okay. We got it all out. Yeah. Um, but in my research, what I found that was interesting is that the Star Wars theme, apparently it doesn't count because the exposition text like scrolls along the frame rather than being like static and like not moving uh which is strange considering it's like the most epic piece of (laughs) film music out there yeah i guess but i go yeah makes sense though yeah um and then technically the overture it lives on kind of though it's used only for like initial theatrical premieres surprisingly 2010's tron legacy had an overture for the premiere. Okay. But only a shortened version has been made available on its soundtrack for like consumers to listen to. Hmm. I remember seeing that in theaters <laughs> for some reason. I remember it looked so cool that I wanted to go see it, but I I never did. It did look really cool. And now they have a roller coaster off of it, which like, okay. <laughs> a little late, but a little okay. late. But I remember they also had like a I think this was a Disneyland exclusive thing. But they had like this like electronica dance bar thing going on when the movie came out. Hmm. I think there was a lot of controversy because of how drunk people got. I mean, <laughs> hey. I mean, Anaheim, you California. Get mad. You have a whole park where they encourage you to drink around the world. You can't really get mad at people for getting shit faced. <laughs> shit faced in 2010, baby. I mean, I just graduated high school at that time, so I couldn't. But, I mean, you know. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, But basically, the point of all that was to say that Snow White, it already bears strong connections to Hollywood movies of the day. And, you know, obviously, (laughs) Walt is like, please take my shit seriously. (laughs) And we were like, cool. Um, was he just like the crackpot in Hollywood at that time? I'm sure, right? Uh, like, oh, he's going to draw pictures and make a movie out of it? Okay, have fun, buddy. Um, I mean, he wasn't forcing his his stars to perform while on methamphetamine. So I don't think he's the craziest one. <laughs> you know, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Poor Judy. <laughs> God, Judy. <laughs> we just did the whiz on our show, and I, I've been thinking of Judy a lot lately. <laughs> just like, damn, <laughs> she got a short end of the stick. Yeah, and on Pride Month too. Yeah, 
True. Yeah. Damn. Um, and then uh, the most notable thing in the opening credits is the little message that he leaves to his staff at the beginning. Um, but not the voice actors, because yeah. voice actors aren't people. Mm. <laughs> we don't acknowledge them at all. It is that. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna deny that. But also I feel like Snow White was the one movie where he was really trying to sell the idea of this fairy tale made real and like treating it as like a because with the art direction, you know, it's really going for that realistic, gothic, Germanic look. And Snow White looks realistic, but she still looks weird. <laughs> I was going to say, she looks realistic to who? <laughs> I will admit she her barely film, like, has a nose. The first time you see her, she has like two little dots as a nose. Like, that's it. I, yeah. Uh, I still think it's great. Like, it, <laughs> right. Listen, I don't judge. It's 1939. 37. 37, sorry. So, yeah. I mean, you know. They did what they could do. And they did really well. Yeah. Uh, and looking back, I just choose to revise history and be like, it was an artistic choice. Just go with it. <laughs> it was an artistic choice to not give Snow White a nose. <laughs> That's okay. She doesn't need a nose. That's why she's got that nasally voice. She's got like two little slits for nose. <laughs> oh my gosh. We love her though. We, we love her <laughs> so much. We love her, even though she doesn't have a nose. She's Voldemort. <laughs> She's Voldemorting it up right now. <laughs> For sure. Now I'm just picturing like Snow White's voice on Voldemort and it's making me really <laughs> It's making me really happy. That makes me happy. Oh there's a really great story about her voice that I really wish I could share. I, I really, really want to share it, but it's for the, the wishing well scene. We'll get there. <sighs> We'll get there someday. <laughs> I did. Um, no, that wasn't a dig at you. I mean, that, that I just... No, I know. I know. It's okay if it was. <laughs> Listen. I give as good as I get. It's fine. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, fine. I'll go ahead and share it now. You don't have to. I know, I know, I know, but it's... We're gonna it's, get there. It's so good, though. It's so good. So, basically... The, the echo that they use, that, that effect, that basically mm -hmm. came from playing a recording of the song, I'm Wishing, through mm -hmm. this loudspeaker and putting the microphone inside of a girl's toilet. All right. <laughs> and that is real. Like, the literal sound engineer on that movie confirmed that. <laughs> That's Okay. That's clever. I mean, yeah. gross. It's but gross, clever. but I was just going to say the next time you watch Snow White, just imagine her singing into her urinal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we love that for her. <laughs> Those reverberations, girl. Those acoustics, hunty. <laughs> Not hunty. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Good shit. Um, I can't. <laughs> okay. I knew we were going to get along just fine. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, 
I had shared a photo with Frankie a couple days ago about this really epic lady who is listed in the credits. Her name is Dorothy Ann Blank. Yes, we love her. Yes. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to do this for every episode, but for this one, I definitely want to give like a brief biography about her. Please. Yes. I need to know everything about her. Well, here's... She was a woman living in a man's world. Yes. Definitely. Um, but here's, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Damn it. Why do you keep doing this to me? (laughs) She's like, I, (laughs) oh no. Okay, go, go. I want to know. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that we know very little about her life prior to 1936. Like, and that's not a fault of any historians, male or female. It's just that there's not enough documentation. Um. And we know even less about what happened after she left the studio at an unknown date. So <laughs> we just we just know she was there. But what we do know is that she worked as a journalist previously for publications like College Humor and Red Book, which is a women's magazine that I think is still running today. Love that. <laughs> We love a feminist icon. <laughs> feminist icon. I don't know if any of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, Activia yogurt commercials, like any ads for them were in those magazines, but. She has an Oscar now. I know she, she does. <laughs> she, you know what? I, she's like the same thing, though. She owns her shit. She's like, I used to sell yogurt that made you poopy pants. Yes. And now I have an Oscar. So like. What are you going to do? <laughs> she is fabulous. Um, but uh, afterwards, she got to working for a man named Hal Horn, who was a publicity director for the United Arts Production Company, which was the studio that distributed Disney short cartoons up through 1937. So basically, I think what happened was they didn't have faith in Snow White. And so Walt was like, fine, I'm going to move my... Nice little animated ass on over to RKO Radio Pictures, negotiate a deal with them, and then (laughs) distribute my cartoons and movies for the next, like, 15 years. (laughs) Because that's how you work, bitch. (laughs) She worked. (laughs) Yeah. Walt and his brother, Roy O. Disney, had such a good professional relationship with Horn that they once consulted him on how how to promote Snow White... And the advice he gave them went as follows. Quote, Oh, geez. Well, here's your policy. Keep them wondering, just so they keep talking. Unquote. <laughs> okay, that's not a bad policy for even now. <laughs> no. Just let people be ignorant about your product till it comes out. And then make the millions. Mm. Get the chatter going. <laughs> Indeed. Probably not too similar, dissimilar from uh, the Little Mermaid remake. <laughs> well (laughs) true yeah i feel like there wasn't much left up to imagination there they kind of just like here's here's our designs do you like them no okay well we're gonna keep yeah yeah and you're racist (laughs) oh my god oh my god but dorothy she was soon hired on to the male dominated story department on the 20th of july 1936 but gradually rose through the ranks to form the Story Research Department with Bianca Majoli and Grace Huntington. 
which explored all kinds of stories from across all nations, except probably Africa, um, <laughs> that could be suitable for Disney films. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I did not expect this to like be a massive undercurrent. I know. But like... But, like, it's happening. And you know what? We're confronting it because we aren't pussy bitches. We are not pussy-footed bitches. Um, so, basically, the point of the story research department was that they'd create a bibliography of every version of a story, then write up a rough synopsis before finally working with writers and sketch artists to form a continuity script. If all that was approved, along with casting, budgeting, scheduling, and pre-production planning with the film's director, in this case, uh, David Hand, the film would begin production. And I actually found some synopses she wrote up for Oscar Wilde's The Happy Prince and Hans Christian Andersen's The Steadfast Tin Soldier. So it, it was a legit thing. <laughs> I actually should have shared that with you before we started, but... What? The the synopses, like somebody like scanned them in oh. and like made copies. Um but yeah, it was real shit. But um the studio that she was working at, the Hyperion Studios, which was Disney's main studio, uh it was actually named for its address, which was twenty seven nineteen Hyperion Avenue. Uh and it at the time it housed nearly seven hundred employees. But as Snow White came closer to its December 21st deadline, Dorothy's department, along with several others, wound up having to move over to various apartment houses near the studio to make room for the incoming production control department. So basically, parts of this movie were probably produced near a urinal. <laughs> or a bathroom sink. <laughs> what? There's a real, there's a few themes going on. <laughs> episode i know it's it's practically it. freudian <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> guys i'm fine i swear <laughs> i'm not i'm never fine but i mean <laughs> if you listen to my show you know that so it's fine <laughs> um i think i just heard my dog <laughs> she's like mom what are you doing <laughs> she like hears me talking and laughing she's like why are you in there why are you laughing in there without me <laughs> I know. She's mad. It's fine. She's going to get over it. It's very important shit we're doing. (laughs) We're unpacking a real fucking present here. Yes. Um, But uh, with Snow White, uh, Dorothy's primary function was to take the crucial parts of the original fairy tale and explore their cinematic and character potential. I don't have a verified resource for this, but it's been widely believed that story artist Joe Grant, he used her as visual inspiration for the Queen. Yeah, that I've heard. That she was visual inspiration for the Queen. And then when she asked about it, she was like, oh, well, at least I'm not the ugly old hag. And I was like, that would be my response if that happened to me, I feel like. Yeah. Because the evil Queen, I mean, say what you want, but she's, you know, she's she's hot. Yeah, well, under that cowl, it, yeah, who knows what's going on under that? Fabulous there. long black hair. Oh my god, she could give Cher a run for her money. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, the thing about that 
that well at least i'm not the old hag thing i have only heard that in one source and it has not been from a legitimate historian it is from from tiktok no it's not from tiktok (laughs) I heard it on TikTok. Well, so then maybe like, somebody oh. corroborated it on TikTok. But on TikTok, or <laughs> someone heard it and said it. But the source they might have gotten that from was a writer named Natalia Holt. She had a book come out, I think, six years ago called Queens of Animation. And it's like a creative nonfiction book about women in the Walt Disney Studios in the 1930s and whatnot. Uh, and with creative nonfiction, you know, you can take liberties with... Mm-hmm. <laughs> dialogue and stuff like that so i haven't found that anywhere else like in no documents or anything so i don't know i'm gonna pretend it's real okay. just because it makes me happy <laughs> don't ruin my dream just let me have this well i only bring that up because the queen she's also based on she's definitely based on at least one other person there was a movie that came out two years before snow white called she and it started this lady named helen gehagen and she played this queen oh, okay. character, and she has the cowl thing going on. She's got the crown. She's got everything but the cape and the ropes around her dress. <laughs> I remember when I did research, <clears throat> excuse me, for our Snow White episode, I saw that like she was also inspired by like Joan Crawford and Greta Garbo. I don't know if that's like confirmed, but I've heard that as well. So Joan Crawford, I could see, <laughs> but I haven't found enough evidence. There's a lot going on with her. There's a lot going on. She's a very complicated woman. Well, it's just because this movie is such a fucking big deal that it's like... Well, yeah. That, like, myth-making is at work sometimes. (coughs) Like, for example... I'm getting ahead of so much stuff. Um, I feel bad ruining the train. No, you're fine. Go on the train. You're fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is what I do. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. (laughs) Stop blaming yourself for everything. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. Stop saying sorry. Ma'am, why are you still in my office? <laughs> I just want to go home to my family. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but um, there was also a myth that was perpetuated for like decades where they used real rouge on Snow White's cheeks to give him that natural rosy glow when in fact... A woman literally got a degree in chemistry to mix paints, like specific shades of colors, for the Disney short cartoons and films. And uh, that was not acknowledged until like five to six years ago, like publicly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. God forbid. Yeah, yeah. So acknowledge a woman for her work. Yeah. Yeah, people literally getting into STEM for this movie. <laughs> like, God damn it. Um, but, um, let's see. Uh, Dorothy, she also wrote dialogue that we hear in the film, as well as those intertitle cards that we see near the end, which talk about Snow White's death and the dwarves deciding to mm. keep vigil over her and the prince showing up seemingly out of nowhere. Hmm. Um And uh, there is actually a story behind that. Um, She was initially instructed to compose four of those title cards, but I don't know what the extra one would have said. Um, And sent a rather wordy first draft to Walt and even revised it while waiting for his response. Uh, Ultimately, he, he insisted on three cards and even rewrote the third one to keep things economical and simple. 
So the one that he fixed was the the prince who searched far and wide, heard of the maiden who slept in the glass coffin. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> if you want something done, I guess take it from a woman and do it yourself. <laughs> I guess, you know. I mean, that's the real lesson here. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I it's so hard for me to get critical about him in this movie because he was so obsessed with it. Like, I can't tell yeah, you. I, I he, get it. he was involved with every detail. <laughs> like, and he was. That's fair. And, like, going forward, it's like he regretted. Like, he was upset that every time he'd make another movie, critics and audiences would always compare it with Snow White and say that it wasn't ever as good as Snow White. And then he hated it because nothing he ever did was as good as Snow White. Um, and, like, and then he was upset because it's like. Once you turn in that final copy of the movie and send it to a distributor, you know, like, you can't touch it ever again. <laughs> right, yeah. There's no director's cut back then. <laughs> yeah, but with something like Disneyland, it's like you can constantly change it all the time and add new new things and stuff. Yeah. So that was what he was most interested in. But, um... And then further input from Blank involved... Her objection to Snow White's bird friends using their feet to make designs in Grumpy's pie crust. <laughs> okay. That is in the movie. <laughs> Seems like such a random thing to get upset about. That is in the movie. And I, I kind of agree with her because like because this movie is shooting to be like fantasy realism, it is kind of unsanitary to have animals. <laughs> Are you serious? Like <laughs> They're they're cleaning the house with their asses. All of them. <laughs> the squirrels, the fucking deer. But nobody's the eating bunnies. off the fucking floor. They're all but okay. <laughs> they're cleaning the dishes with the like they use their ass as their primary cleaning tool. If I was like, pedantic I enough about this movie to tell you like <laughs> what what things they do with their asses and what things they do with tails and shit like that. Oh, you're absolutely this pedantic no. about the movie, let's be real. <laughs> but like my point is like it's it 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 I guess shows her passion for the movie as well. I'll put it in a positive spin. <laughs> <laughs> She's worried about birds walking on a pie meanwhile all these animals are cleaning this house with their asses but i mean no it's fine <laughs> it's fine oh my gosh this is not the hill you know, i'm gonna die on so that's i listen <laughs> i would assume not <laughs> but there were more important things that she she was involved with like she was she was actually really involved with the sequences with the queen so i think that's why she got caricatured in a way um, but one of her ideas was to let the queen plan her own misdeeds as opposed to being advised by her magic mirror. Like, especially if, like, she had, there was an alternate, well, not an alternate, there was, like, an abandoned storyline where the prince, he was actually supposed to be captured by the queen, taken to her dungeon, and she would go to him being like, hey, I know you're into Snow White, but look at my goods. Oh my god, stop. And he was like, no, I will not marry you. And so she decided to flood the dungeon and drown him. But then... <laughs> I love this. Yeah. This is like the baddest ass bitch. Okay, yes, yeah. continue. But then um, apparently Snow White's bird friends were supposed to have rescued him before 
the water level rose above his head and shit like that. And then he was supposed to go off and do this elaborate fight with the guards and Errol Flynn type shit. And then as he's supposed to make his way to the dwarf's cottage, he took the wrong path. And that is why it took, apparently that's why it would have taken so long for him to find her. He just got like, in a U-turn, like, and he got turned around. <laughs> He needed a GPS. It might have been like Beauty but, and the Beast where <laughs> you dumb, yeah. you dumb fart, take the other road. <laughs> it would have been nice though. He, The prince would have had more stuff to do. Yeah. He didn't really have a lot to do in this movie. No. And part of that is just because they weren't confident in drawing men yet. Um, but also just because, excuse me. Oh my God. <laughs> I hope you keep that in. <laughs> I hope you have the confidence to keep that in. You know what? I just might. <laughs> I was, you know, I burped. Um, I used to work with kids in after school and I burped once in front of one of my girls. And she's like, that's not very ladylike, Miss Frankie. And I'm like, yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm aware of that small child. Get away from me. Yeah, I actually have a coworker who's very impressed whenever I burp because she just doesn't have that reflex <laughs> in her. And I just, I'm like, like literally every time she applauds. <laughs> we love that. We love that. We love supporting. We love supportive friends. <laughs> supporting friends and their gastrointestinal procedures. <laughs> Fuck, where were we? Um, <laughs> we, I know, we keep... <laughs> I don't know what this episode is. This is what happens when you bring me on a show. No, no. You're all about, like, the facts and the, you know, actual, like, education and shit. And I'm all about making jokes. I know. But I mean, like, I need to get better at doing doing things like you. (laughs) But that's fine. Listen, you, it takes, you know, when we started, please, like, listen to some of our early episodes. Like, one of our first few episodes were terrible. (laughs) You have to, like, get used to it. Yeah. And I I feel so bad for anyone who goes back to that old Snow White episode, because who the fuck wants to learn about the Brothers Grimm for an hour? <laughs> like, even I, I, I to it. even I have to, like, go past an hour mark to be like, okay, this is where, <laughs> this is where it gets entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah, I relate. <laughs> But I was just. I so listened. Into- I listened to that episode, and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's gonna kill me! I'm gonna make jokes about Snow White for an hour, and he's gonna hate me." <laughs> I can take it on the chin. <sighs> oh fuck! Oh yes, and then the 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 other main thing that she contributed was the balancing of the use of gags in the high ho sequence with the music and its world building. So. She was helpful in making it more efficient. That that works. You listen, when you need efficiency, you call a Dorothy and Blank. <laughs> but yeah, no, I that's probably one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie, so that makes sense. Yeah. It's probably my second favorite. But it's the, probably the my favorite plot relevant scene. <laughs> yeah. No, that that works too. That's fair. Like I the only scene I don't care for is when they're washing their damn hands. <laughs> 
Oh my god. I talked about that in our episode. I was like, there's a whole it's like it seems like ten years long and they're just washing their hands. I know. And I used to I used to be like cranky about it because I was like, oh my gosh, these people just in their attention spans, like my God. But now I'm no it's it's, it's not that. At like Listen, I watched The Irishman. It's not attention spans. It's 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 just the fact that they're not they're washing their hands for ten minutes. Like Well, here's here's a really a really weird thing. So with Snow White, there was obviously like apprehension about keeping audience attention for like an hour and a half. Um and I think as production went on, they were more they were more interested in trying to get like more than just children's interest in it. Like they wanted it to have mm-hmm. more emotional maturity that adults could get into as well. Right. And so a lot of the scenes they are either like like the songs too. It's like they either tell us something about the characters or they enhance or like forward the motion of the plot. So the washing scene that is purely a character moment and you could string it around to be like okay this is showing the influence that Snow White has on them after, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, after minute four. I think we got it. Yeah, but, like... <laughs> I mean, aside from demasculinizing a, a a misogynist like Grumpy, other than that, sure. like, I don't get much else out of it. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Yeah. But um, we needed to stretch it out so we could get to that eighty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of God forbid, we characterize the prince like <laughs> for a minute more. <laughs> no, we have to have a ten minute hand washing scene. <laughs> Look at these old men. <laughs> oh, they're washing their hands. Oh, they're cleaning themselves. <laughs> they're they're Chinese water torturing that one poor man. Do you remember the one part where they're like scrubbing Grumpy and they just dunk him in like three times in a row? Oh, yeah. It's like, holy shit, dude. (laughs) Christ. And these guys have not washed themselves in like who knows how long. Yeah. If ever. No. No. Nor did anyone ever tell him to wipe a fucking rag over a mantle. No. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but unfortunately, that's all I have to say about Miss Blank. <laughs> we love you, Dorothy. We love you. We love you. We respect you. You're probably most responsible for the sequences that we really enjoy. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to tell myself whenever I watch the movie again, which will probably not be anytime soon. But every time I do it, I'll think of Dorothy and I'll think of you, <laughs> Wyatt. I'll be like, someone loves this movie. Let me be respectful. <laughs> Somebody's gonna reach through your screen and like, <laughs> watch the whole damn movie. Let me watch all ten minutes of this hand washing scene. Do not fast forward. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> You're making me really like feel good about myself. You're laughing at all my jokes. I know. <laughs> You're giving me way too much confidence. I know, but because I, I really, I really feel like my shows are like I'm the the lawful good or evil. I'm not quite sure which one. It changes episode test. It changes. I'm like the chaotic good. Yeah, and that's what I like. I like when my guests bring the chaos. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, but then we move on to the storybook, which is this glorious, ornate book. I wish I, well, I actually do have a replica that they made out because Disney loves to merchandise everything. Uh, they actually made a replica of the book as a notebook. And I've never written anything in it, uh, even though it's like of course not. 30 bucks. No, you don't want to sully it. <laughs> but it's like one of the tackiest things that I have because it's so cheap. I mean... <laughs> I mean, listen, you like what you like. I like okay. what I like, but it's plastic. So. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It still works. Indeed. The plastic is just as good of a material as anything else. <laughs> um, Gets the job done. Indeed. Indeed. Um, but the pages on the inside were designed and photographed by a man named Gordon Legg, who was behind the various title cards for Disney short cartoons up to this point. So anytime you see like an old Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck cartoon in the opening, it's like, that's that guy. I recognize his lettering. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, in later years, he recalled Walt's instructions for the lettering. Quote, Walt said, make sure it's very legible. Uh, you go into this gothic style. <laughs> I'm shutting you me laugh at. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I've done my Walt impression before. I, I love the impression. I love it. I, it made me, I just wasn't expecting it and it happened. And now it's it's out there in the universe. I'm just going to go ahead and repeat the one I did for our last episode, which was, um, he was talking about, he was talking about a movie and he was like, I've got a film I'm running tonight. Why don't you come on over? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Poor Uncle Walt. <laughs> I know. I don't bring out enough of the Missouri part of it. Uh, it's too mid Atlantic. His frozen head is turning over in whatever <laughs> jar it's in. <laughs> it it replaces Madame Leota and the Haunted Mansion from time to time. Oh my God. <laughs> if only that myth was true. Let me let me try it again. <clears throat> Rap on a table. It's time to respond. <laughs> Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Now you just sound like the fucking Pepperidge Farm commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. I'm crying. Okay. (laughs) Holy fuck. I see my influence upon you has... (laughs) It's complete. I'm delirious. Because now you're bringing the chaos and I'm crying. (laughs) Okay. Eventually, we're gonna get to the, like the story part. <laughs> I am so <laughs> sorry to everyone who thought that this was gonna be like a genuine, <laughs> like, <laughs> informational drop. No, we're just here to. Why would you think that? Why? What are you doing <laughs> <No>. here? <laughs> what are you doing here? We're talking about Snow White, yeah. and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So after that, uh, that impression, he went on to say, "Um, you go into this Gothic style, not American Gothic." But the encryption that was current at the time of the grim fairy tales, or before that, you know. When you went into that, why, it was pretty hard to read, I guess. It's a German Gothic type of stuff, and Walt wanted to make sure it was legible so that people could read it. Unquote. Well, I could read it. I I was about to be like, fuck you, (laughs) it's pretty. So I guess they succeeded. (laughs) Um... 
And then the book opening, it was actually filmed at the Technicolor building in Hollywood, as Leg recalled. Um, he said, uh, quote, do I want to do another accent? I don't know. I won't laugh. I won't laugh. No, I don't. I encourage you to laugh. I encourage you. No, but my laughing encur- like in- encourages you to not do it. So Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so we went to Technicolor and they had a camera on a lathe bed or something like that. So we went there and we made several takes and picked the best one. I turned the pages, but no hand was supposed to appear. So we would pull in close to the page before we turn to the next page, and by then, my hand would be off screen, of course. Unquote. See, I did good. I didn't. <laughs> it, 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 I feel like a change, though. I almost laughed because I was like, who is this guy now? <laughs> who is this, this guy? Oh, my God. Um, and I guess the, the final thing I have to talk about <laughs> is the supposed origin story of Snow White's mother. Ooh, yes. So, this. so basically, it the original format for the movie, it, it would have followed the Grimm's story where it's like, you know, there's this queen. She's sitting by a window. It's wintertime. She's sewing, embroidering some shit. Then she pricks her finger and three drops of blood would have fallen onto the snow. And she's like, oh my gosh, please give me a little baby with like lips red as rose, hair black as ebony. Skin as white as the snow. When I, what was it? Something. It was something like her embroidery frame or some shit like that. Uh, and then of course Snow White would have been born. And I'm getting all of this from a good housekeeping, written dramatization of the movie that Dorothy actually wrote. Uh. Hmm. And this was obviously done to, like, promote some shit. But it, it has a very interesting paragraph. So it says, Now, you would think a little girl born a real princess with a pretty name like Snow White should be very happy always and that only the pleasantest things would happen to her. But while she was still in her cradle, the good queen died. So all the little princess could remember about her mother was a sweet lullaby she used to sing. Now, of course, we don't have anything about that in the movie because, you know, they could barely afford to <laughs> do so much. They couldn't afford to put her mother, her dying mother in, but they could afford to have seven guys wash their fucking hands. Um, <laughs> I mean, you said it for me, but continue. Yeah, but because the movie doesn't give us anything to work with, I would like to propose a theory Disney fan theory not clickbait dum 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 uh which is that uh the lullaby that her mother probably could have sung to her would be uh with a smile and a song which is the that, l- that tracks yeah it sounds like a very lullaby-ish yeah type of thing yeah and I I think about that because the one Thing that I've really been looking into with Snow White recently is what it has to say about trauma and abuse. <laughs> oh my god. Because here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. Snow White is roughing it for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Especially the early half. Like, mm-hmm. think about it. Her parents are dead. 
She has this stepmother who's very neglectful and forces her to work as a scullery maid. She has no contacts. There's this prince that shows up just to give her some, like, genuine human, like, interaction and kindness and shit. And then this huntsman shows up that I'm assuming that she's been cool with for, like, several years, like, since she was a child. Uh, And then he's sent out to kill her. But he's like, no, fam, like, I think you're a pretty upstanding... <laughs> no fam sorry okay. no, no fam it's just, it's no cap funny. like you are the bomb diggity snow laugh. white run into the woods oh my god <laughs> ttyl i'm gonna kill a wild boar jesus um and then she's just she's got no home now she's got woman like trying to cut her fucking head off or no it's her heart um and then she mm-hmm. just goes off into this woods where the only people who give a shit about her are literal animals and seven old men. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I'm catching on to what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm following. And so, and I think about in that particular scene where she's singing with the animals, she asks them, "What do you do when things go wrong?" And I guess from their natural singing, she assumes, "Oh, you sing a song." Oh, bro, bro, I got you. I got you. She's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> She's like that. <laughs> I actually, I once did a really good edit of uh, Beyonce's I've Been On with her vocalizing. <laughs> you remember how that starts? Where she's like, I think so. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It was really good. Like, it synced up perfectly. Um, <laughs> it's like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. It's weird. <laughs> But anyway, the point of all that was that because she practically has nothing by that scene, she used the song to <coughs> to um, recall this happy experience that she had as a literal infant. <laughs> Is that a stretch? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's like. Yeah, no, I'm I'm following you. Yeah, you, listen, you've analyzed this movie probably more than any other human <laughs> that I know of, and I'm I trust your judgment better than anyone else's on this subject. Well, thank you, and I can say that I've put more work into it than eighty percent of historians. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know where the the book opening was filmed. Like you, you have so much knowledge that no one else would even think to look up and you have it and that makes you special (laughs) (laughs) why does everyone keep calling me that (laughs) no one else knows this shit i think it's very cool that you know all this random shit (laughs) yeah like i'm learning today but i'm also laughing yeah that's 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 where good education comes into play it's like you have to learn but also you have to laugh and enjoy (laughs) yes then i'm honored (laughs) but um yeah i was just thinking it's like and that automatically justifies that song too because it's like it's not just her being like oh it's a disney movie i have to perform a song here right (laughs) like there's actually that that makes it a reason like motivation to it yeah yeah and then like you know they have that motif playing when she's being led through the woods to the dwarf's cottage so it's like this happy experience is like leading her to another happy one where she lives with these people and tries to be like safe and shit. And then the only bad part is that it doesn't get recalled 
near the end of the movie, but then it gets replaced by Someday My Prince Will Come. Mm-hmm. So, that's just a little thing I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, I guess if we want to round things out and talk about Snow White's father, who is seemingly absent. Okay. Yeah, what happened to the dad then? So did she kill the dad? That's what I always well. Thought. Well, here, here's the thing. Here is the thing. Here is the <laughs> the sweet tea that I'm about to spill. So, <laughs> so it's really funny that the movie doesn't give us enough information about characters and setting and shit like that, and yet there are fucking children's books from the time that this movie came out that are richly detailed. In like information, so kids can handle more shit than they can now. I'm about to throw that out there, like. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but um, there were two specific ones. One of them was the one that Dorothy wrote for Good Housekeeping. The other one was a general story book, and they gave two explanations. First one was that the queen began brewing mysterious poisons to destroy the king, and then after she killed him, that's how she usurped the throne and became like sole ruler of the kingdom which makes sense right that definitely tracks with her vibe (laughs) however that's not what dorothy wrote (laughs) dorothy what are you up to what are you doing bitch (laughs) she wrote and indeed the queen paid small attention to the king himself so he kept on working harder and harder at being a king and he worked so hard that he died. <laughs> I mean. So he right. died from it's being not... a workaholic. <laughs> he just died. Yeah. He was just a workaholic. But uh, I mean. That's so. I don't want to say that's boring. But like it's boring. Like I worked so hard and they died. We expected Boy. more from you Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. We know. We need more. So this is the evilest queen of evilness we need like real sinister shit happening yeah yeah so i don't know who wrote the other one but they were clearly on it yeah yeah um and then um i guess the one other thing that i should have shared was uh would you have any idea where this movie is set oh i just assumed germany because (laughs) You're not wrong. It's like a German fairy tale. I, but where in Germany, I wouldn't know. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, if you recall in my silent Snow White episode, I did talk about candidates for like potential real life Snow Whites that would have inspired the Grimms to mm-hmm. write down their story. But there was another source contemporary to the movie's release. And I'm trying to look it up right now, but Google is being a bitch. So... <laughs> Okay, in a UK press book for the film from 1938, they it is written that Snow White may have been born out of legends from the Hartz Mountains, which are like a region in Germany. It says that um, rural superstitions have always credited the Hartz Mountains with being the favorite haunt of spirits and fairies, both good and bad. Among the good ones are the elves who protect the princess in Snow White. These gnomes were supposed to possess magic powers 
utilized in summoning the various wild animals and birds of the Hearts Mountains to their assistance, when engaged in fighting off the assaults of evil spirits. So, I guess that is the best excuse for the dwarfs inheriting the ability that Snow White has for, like, controlling animals and shit. Right, yeah. But nowadays we just take that up to her being a Disney princess because they all do that. But <laughs> Of course. But this one actually has some basis in European folklore, which is very fascinating. Interesting. Um, and then it goes on to say that in the original legend... The queen sells herself, body and soul, to the bad oh spirits of the mountain. Therefore, she is able to work her witchcraft upon innocent people. Hmm. So, Interesting. so she may actually be like a bride of Satan. <laughs> I mean, we love that for her. We love that for her. Um. And there are, yeah, and there are actually early dialogue treatments for the scene in which Snow White and the dwarfs meet for the first time. And she talks and Snow White talks about how the queen's after her and shit like that. And the dwarfs know about the queen already, but they they were initially to go so far as to say that like she killed your father on the rack, she tortured him and broke his back, she murders people every day. And each one in a different way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. But then also in in the books that I was referencing, uh, they reference that the queen killed all of the women in the kingdom that she felt threatened by for being more beautiful than her. So that supports the notion that Snow White is basically operating in a death cult and she doesn't know it. <laughs> I don't know how, because, because she's the queen's got all those skeletons in the basement, and she, I guess she never had to clean Bro, that oh up. Oh my god, like the best laugh I got in the movie was when the, she went down the stairs, and there's a skeleton, she's like, get thirsty, and the kicks, have a drink! <laughs> that was the best laugh I got in the whole movie. <laughs> you laugh when she taunted a corpse? <laughs> I mean, I'm a sick person. What do you want from me? But yeah, I mean, I did. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got listen. <laughs> you didn't, you wouldn't invite me on this show if you didn't know I had some problems. <laughs> but I keep things chaotic and interesting. You, you said do. you like the chaos. You do, and I do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I guess in a in a messy kind of way, that is. The- <laughs> The opening to Snow White. That that's the only way I do things. Yeah. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, actually, I do know about you. Usually, very organized. Yeah. I fucked that up today, and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Also, because I feel like we had really like quite a bit of fun. Yeah, we had a very good time. <laughs> uh, I'm just surprised that we didn't ever talk about High School Musical or any shit like that. Oh my god, dude, if you, I'm being so sincere, if you, I know we said do, like, I'd come back for live action Beauty and the Beast, but if you ever do anything even remotely involving High School Musical, (laughs) and you don't hit me up, we're not, this friendship is going to be very short-lived, because, like, that's my shit. (laughs) Although my husband will not come on for that either. (laughs) 
He's like, I will never watch this shit again. I actually listened to that episode today. Oh my god! I, Wait, which one? One, two, or three? I've done them all. One. And oh I remember gosh. that he he even then he hated it. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And he had actually seen that one before, probably. I think when we were like when it came out, and he was like, "Why? Why am I watching?" This? <laughs> I'm like, because your wife's a fucking weirdo. That's why. Because your wife was living it up in 2006. I mean, I was, you know, 2006. What a time to be alive. Which reminds me, I I've been thinking you. about 2006 a lot, actually. So much good <laughs> shit happened in 2006. A lot of good shit came out of 2006. Like, emo. Emo was yes. a thing. Mm-hmm. I cannot go one episode without talking about Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I love Panic so much. When they broke up, literally, my my friend like messaged me directly. He was like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh no!" I was like so upset. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I would blast Panic and My Chemical Romance like on repeat as a young angsty teen in two thousands. <laughs> Meanwhile, I would have been in the first grade, I think, and I didn't understand what the big deal was when they said what a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore oh you had to be there you had to you had to be you had to your balls had to drop for you to get it so your balls had to be dropped boobies had to be out you had to understand it that way training bra had to be on yeah (laughs) changes had to be happening indeed indeed and then we had fucking gnarls barkley out there being like i think you're crazy He's still like around. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought, huh? Good for him. <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him go. Uh man. <laughs> we've now we've talked about like everything on this Snow White episode. <laughs> I don't even know how we got to half the places we went to. We had quite an adventure today. We did. <laughs> Oh jeez. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, man. Well, I I guess my only other thought was like I I probably ought to talk about movies like High School Musical sooner rather than later because Wait, what? Okay. I I know you're younger than me, obviously. But like what year were you born? 1999. Oh, fuck. Okay, but you're not that much younger than me. Okay. So like you it, you were it was like past your time though. I mean, I was so there. You would, if you watched it, you would watch it from like a different perspective for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was there. I was, I was a Disney Channel kid by the time that came mm-hmm. out. But like, it was the sequel where I was like, I think I'm entering manhood right now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Because some yeah, people okay. just had to go swimming in the country club pool after hours when they weren't supposed to. Yep. Like, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, yes, yes, Mr. Efron, teach me how to play golf. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you can bet on it for sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember my mom did not like that scene because they thought his choreography was very effeminate. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, I don't care. This is great. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. All right. (laughs) 
I, I sh- but I remember when I showed because my husband when I showed him bet on it for the first because he was like what do you mean like why is this a big deal I'm like dude you have to watch it <laughs> I don't get it I don't you understand have why I'm to watch it I don't get it why is this such a big deal I'm like babe I don't know maybe it's because I I'm like a so bad it's good movie person so like mm-hmm. if there's anything cringy out there in media I'm just like I eat it up with a fork and spoon and a knife <laughs> everything. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to think of something I like that's worse. Like that that's like a guilty pleasure and everything has just left my brain that isn't Snow White. <laughs> <coughs> oh damn. Uh there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. And then I just rotate between that and a fever you can't sweat out. <laughs> Have some composure. Where is your posture? Oh my god, dude! I haven't listened to that song probably in so long. Now I'm gonna like the second we get off this podcast, <laughs> I'm blasting that in the car. Well, if you're never gonna watch Snow White again, at least I had you binge a Panic album. <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna like re-listen to that album and cry about my lost childhood. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god! I can't. I can't. Uh. well (laughs) well (laughs) what a note to leave off on Uh, listen you know what honestly i'm gonna i feel like if you keep at least some of the chaos in this episode it will want it'll make people want to watch snow white (laughs) which is like which is like seriously it's a good thing yeah (laughs) because no no a lot of people don't care about snow white and you right. I I would say that I, like I said in in our episode on shoot the flick, I acknowledge the historical relevance, but I also very much acknowledge its problems. Yeah. So, but I feel like, listen, chaos will always get people more interested in things. I literally left watching The Wiz, saying I'm never watching this again, and then I re-listened to our episode on that movie when I was editing it. And I was like, I kind of want to watch it again because I'm like, we're talking so much shit about it. And I'm like, I'm very intrigued by it. And like <laughs> enough time was removed that I'm like, I kind of want to watch this again. Who wrote the they screenplay for that movie again? For Wiz? Was it Joel Schumacher? Yes, my friend. What? <laughs> the fucking, listen, Joel Schumacher, my friend, is a king among men. <laughs> Rest in fucking peace. The genius behind the Lost Boys <laughs> and Batman and Robin, <laughs> the fucking Bat card. Oh yeah, the Bat credit card. Oh my god, that's the era we're speaking of. <laughs> Cinematic gold, right there. <laughs> oh my god. So I guess. <laughs> we might... Oh, are we wrapping up now? <laughs> okay, uh, we're actually you, I, wrap up now. Do you, Do you have anything else? Do you Do you really? Um, no. Um, just if anyone is listening to this and isn't totally turned off by my <laughs> ridiculous brand of chaos, feel free to check out um my podcast, Shoot the Flick, that I do with my lovely husband. We introduce each other to movies uh, on pretty much a re- weekly basis, and we have this season been talking a lot about Disney movies as well. So if you're a Disney fan. Come on over. Mm-hmm. And we also have talked about some DCOMs in the past, like High School Musical. 
and Luck of the Irish, things like that. So we got a lot of Disney content over on our show too. Yeah. If you're interested. Yes. Do check them out. Um, and I definitely want to have you on our show at some point. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. If you'd be interested, obviously. Oh, yeah. I'll come back on your show if you don't hate me no. for not <laughs> for derailing your show. In this hour and a half, you've given me so many ideas. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Uh oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is gonna be a great summer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um so I guess closing out, I have a final question that I always end every episode with. And I, I, I think we've, we might have given enough to like suggest an answer for you, but I just want to, I just want to ask you, how do you think Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs influence the way the Walt Disney Studios produces films to this day? And you cannot tell me that it inspired them to make more. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> I'll say that I think um, I think it was the first movie of its kind, obviously, in general. But I think it's not talked about as much how Snow White is like, I'm trying to think how I can. It took a, a an existing property and made something new of it. Maybe, you know, added a few things, took away a few things, and put it in a nice little box with a bow on top for not just kids, but for adults, too, and for families. And I think that definitely influenced Disney down the road because some of the best Disney movies incorporate jokes and gags for kids as well as for adults so that the family as a unit can watch it together. And I think that's important. Because I know when I have kids, I look forward so much to showing them different kinds of movies that I grew up with and different movies that that I've seen as I've gotten older that I like I just look forward to that as a bonding experience with my future kids. So I feel like that's definitely an intrinsic value that would not exist if it had not been for Snow White. Yeah. Steve, you weren't expecting that insightful answer for me. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love that. Ah. I really do. See, I can be normal <laughs> and civilized. <laughs> I literally had someone else feel bad because th- th- I'm, they thought I made them feel like they were only useful for making like dick jokes and stuff. And I'm like, no, you are so insightful. <laughs> no. You, you got your kidding. shit. I'm totally kidding. I know. But I know. Yeah. yeah but. I have to think about that with people sometimes. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess since this is a question that I'm going to keep raising as the series goes on, and I'm probably going to write up an essay at the end of the series, uh, I'll go ahead and say that uh, this movie, uh, I hate to, I hate to throw myself out there like this, but it, because it's pride month, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This movie still makes me have hope that I'll find my Prince Charming. Oh, that was like the sweetest thing. <laughs> that was really sweet. Yeah. Hopefully he's at an appropriate age and not, you know. If you say he's <laughs> like 31, I swear to God. You. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not. <laughs> Listen. 
I have done the research. He's supposed to be 18. <laughs> is he? Okay. Well, thank God for that. Yes. I know. Like, I said it on my show when I brought that up. I was like, okay, I don't think that they created that character to be 31. I think they're like, oh, the voice actor's 31. Let's just say he's 31. No. I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. <laughs> if anything, I was like, just copy and paste Snow White's face and put it on a man. <laughs> works too i guess <laughs> that is not accurate i that's just head canon but i believe it so <laughs> oh, well this has been a lot of fun yeah and i look forward to I more really adventures appreciate coming it. up yes absolutely uh, i look forward to more rankings from you yeah i get a kick out of those yeah uh really she's we we our last one has been on the Bronze Age, <laughs> and uh, you heard what we had to say about Oliver and Company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Listen, I like that movie, but it's what you said was hilarious, yeah. and you're not wrong. <laughs> but like, it was so fucking funny. <laughs> you're like, instead of watching Oliver and Company, go read a book. <laughs> go watch gay porn. Go touch grass. <laughs> dying laughing <laughs> oh my god i think the only other movie we went hard on on that one was the aristocats but that was because she liked it and fair, i don't though, like it I feel like too. <laughs> aristocats is fair too to go hard on i think yeah there's a reason we didn't do that on our show <laughs> the only good thing that came out of that show is thomas oh that movie i should say mm. is thomas o'malley I'm a Duchess stan, so we've already got... We, we don't hate Duchess, I but, know. like, Thomas O'Malley, though. I get it. Phil Harris, but, like, yeah. I don't think the cat's worth it. <laughs> oh, it's not my favorite either, so I can't, I can't judge. <laughs> also, the madame is a crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And Edgar's, like, the worst, weakest villain ever. And I'm trying to remember any other character. I don't even remember the little kitty cat's names. Like Toulouse. Yep. Berlioz. Yep. And Marie. Yeah, you it. got him. I fucking did it. See, I'm a Dis nerd too, bitch. Name all seven it. dwarfs. Happy, Doc, Dopey, Sneezy, Bashful, Grumpy. Who'd I miss? Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Happy, Doc, Dopey. Grumpy, sleepy, sneezy, bashful. Yeah. Okay. I did it. Okay. okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I got to six and I'm like, wait, which one didn't I say? <laughs> Damn it. I'll have you know that there were at least like 40 other names and I would have accepted any of them. <laughs> <laughs> like Burpee. <laughs> oh, I did a list of the rejected names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That- Deffy was my favorite. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Just why? Why would you do that? <laughs> and he got really far in the movie, but then they replaced him with Sneezy. Did he really? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> like, what? Oh, my God. Okay. Pretty far. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, 1930s oh, America. Oh, we love you. <laughs> We have a love-hate relationship with you. You gave us Dorothy and Blank, but then you also gave us Deffy. 
Oh, man. Well. Alrighty. All right. Do you, do you have an outro? I, well, <laughs> yes. That you typically do? <laughs> it's just, I, until next time, everyone. Oh, no. Have okay, a magical bye, day. <laughs> have a magical life. I'll be back soon, I hope. <laughs> yes. Bye. <laughs>